This episode of Neighbours is supported by Beamly, the social and content network for TV. Check out Beamly.com. Hello, this is Neighbours, the Neighbours recap podcast, where we talk about the most recent five episodes of Neighbours. I'm Vaya, and I have a new guest this week. This is Penny. Hello, it's very exciting to be here. <laughs> Penny Tangy is a is an author. You can go to pennytangy.com.au and you can see all her books there and go get them and read them. And we've known each other for ages and ages. But I don't think we've ever talked about neighbours. I'm not in this kind of official capacity, no. <laughs> but I haven't been watching for many years since about when um, Carl and Susan's marriage was in trouble. Which time? Oh, we might need to narrow that down. Um, <laughs> it was when Izzy was pregnant. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, but I – so I – that was about when I stopped, and but I've been listening to Neighbours. Oh, yes. So I feel like I've been back to Ramsey Street without actually having seen them. Um, and so it was very illuminating this week. Do you have opinions going in? Do you have expectations of certain characters just from us talking about them? Um, look, the thing that I discovered this week is that Neighbours is so good that it was it was all it was already in my head. <laughs> um, it was it's like the Harry Potter movies. It's just like exactly as you imagined. <laughs> Uh, the Harry Potter movie is almost too close to the books. They could have taken a bit of license, I thought. Yeah, well, there were a, there were a couple of points at which I thought nothing, even Neighbours could not have prepared me for this. <laughs> and what's your history with Neighbours, like oh, your childhood? Well, I didn't really watch it when I lived at home. It was more when I lived in a share house. We used to watch it with my housemates. Ah, nice, yeah. Um, and, you know, have some discussion and critique as we watched. See, it, that's like... People talking about it online before people talked about things online. Exactly. It's everyone in a room. Yeah, you had to be in the same room. Amazing. It's quite primitive. <laughs> so now, before we jump in to the week, Australia Post has released a book of commemorative stamps of yeah. the Neighbours characters, yep. and I'm giving a set away because I'm nice like that. All you need to do is tell us who you would send a postcard to and why. And you can tweet, Facebook or email at NeighboursPod on Twitter, facebook.com slash NeighboursPodcast or NeighboursPod at gmail.com. And, you know, so that's not very hard to do. And these are real stamps. Yeah. So they're actually worth something. Yeah, if you're a stamp collector. like, Or even if you just want to send a letter. And you know how sometimes they say that stamps are actually kind of like currency? Oh, yes. So you could try and pay with, for something with it. Yeah, you could go and buy some mixed lollies or, with two yeah. stamps. Although, obviously, I'm, I'm presuming that people will frame it and, yeah. and put it. Because it comes, it comes in a booklet, yeah. so it's already packaged up nicely. Yeah. Tell us who would you send a postcard to and why. It's pretty easy, under 140 characters. And then Friday the 20th of March is when it ends. Now, okay, let's take it back to Monday, episode 7076. We're going to start with Amber. Okay, so what happened the week before was that Ghost Madge, Mirage, as I like to call her, returned, and she's not keen on Amber and Daniel getting married. She's very not keen on it. I'm not sure that you can really do that, actually, in real life. You can't just go, I don't think you should get married and I'm going to interfere to this extent. Not when the wedding is a couple of days away. Yeah, and the- not when you're like you're dead. Like, let's <laughs> face it, how relevant is your perspective? You know, you've got to accept that you've been away for a while. If you're dead and you can even see your grandson, yeah. you should just be grateful that exactly. you get this little glimpse into his life. Exactly. I think she's quibbling. <laughs> now, do you have nostalgia seeing Harold and Madge again? I do remember when Madge 
died. Yeah. It was fe- that was re- really quite sad. I it's, think there were actual tears yeah, in traumatic. my house. Um, in so, your share house? Yeah. <laughs> I find when characters come back from the dead, and I found this in across a lot of um, genres and art forms, I don't really like it. Yeah. I feel that when people are dead, they're dead. Yes. Um, I felt that way in The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I just thought, no, you died, don't come back. And I think it devalues death. On the other hand, I do I do like the term mirage, so I've been <laughs> enjoying that. So Silver lining. Yeah. Now, Imogen pops by and Madge, Mirage loves Imogen. They ask her, oh, what do you think of this wedding? She's like, yeah, totally cool with this wedding, even though she's in love with Daniel, although she can do much better. Can I say something about yes. Daniel at this point? Of course. You know how Neighbours is obviously almost exactly as you imagined the real show. It's all the same. Yeah. Um, except there was one thing that it hadn't prepared me for and that was Daniel and his annoying face. <laughs> and his waistcoat in the opening credits. And when I just saw that, I was just like, oh, no. It's a very, did, 90, it's a very oh, 90s, that just, waistcoat. His face, his hair, I just, I just was so annoyed by him just looking at him. In what way? Do you mean that just, he, just he look, looks like a puppy? Just, yeah, he just look at him. Like, he's just so annoying. <laughs> like, I could see why you were really not into the relationship between... Once I saw him, it kind of it made, yeah. and it then, made sense. And when you know that this is the boy, the 22-year-old man that mm. convinced her to live in a car with him... Yeah, that age gap makes me feel slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. Because she was like, I seven. think like in another year it would be fine. But yeah. since it started when she was in high school, it yeah. just makes me feel a bit. Mm. <laughs> okay, so Imogen goes to see Damber. They said, "Oh, we're mad at Gramps at Harold because he doesn't support our wedding." And she says, "Cut him some slack. He's an old man. He's sick. Go th- and see him." I thought that was very sensitive. Yes, it, and because and sensible. Not many young people have that perspective mm. to go. Oh my, my. Is she really a young person? She's supposed to be 18 as well. I know, but like in spirit, <laughs> she seems very mature. Well, have you seen Therese, Therese much? Oh, Rebecca Elmologlu? She wasn't in it much this week. Well, you'd remember her from Home and Away. She was Sophie Simpson. Oh, I don't know. But she's very ballsy. <laughs> yeah. And gets what she wants and gets things done. Yeah. So Imogen's a chip off the old block. But, and she also ended up with a, with a crap man. Who wasn't very organised. Yes. So they seem to be quite organised personally. Yeah. And then attracted to the opposite. But their personal life mm. is in disarray. Exactly. So Damba go back to Harold and try and make amends. And he says, look, I'm sorry about the way I spoke about you. But ultimately. And then Amber's like, but you're not okay with the wedding. And he's ultimately Harold can't sign off on this wedding. Yeah. And he's a very honest person because he knows that Jesus is watching him all the time. Yeah. Jesus and Madge. Yeah. Jesus. Those two people always watching. <laughs> exactly. And so Daniel cracks it and withdraws his invitation, which I thought was funny because the invitation was on email. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I don't even think Harold checked his email. Oh, no, I thought it's probably an invitation that he hasn't even got. Yeah. Like he's basically just heard that there's a wedding on and yeah. he's assuming that he would be invited. He's got a good I don't even, there's nothing on his fridge though. Like No, the, he, he doesn't remember his Hotmail password. Yeah. <laughs> so he can't get in there. And so then at the end of this whole scenario, Daniel and Amber sit in the backyard all dejected because Gramps isn't coming to the wedding and then they start reciting their oh. vows. And you know on television when characters say their vows before the wedding actually happens. Does that mean it's not going to happen? It's not going to be a wedding. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, it's not a rule. It's just common. That 
Okay. And yes. have you noticed also if you ever see a, a character in their wedding dress, wedding's not going to happen. Oh, my God. Yeah, because obviously they want the big reveal on the day. I feel like I'm not a very sophisticated viewer. <laughs> I can't say that I'm a very sophisticated <laughs> viewer. That's. I feel like I've learned something. <laughs> because why yeah. would they – you can't have the same vows twice. Exactly. It would be stupid. It would be boring. Yeah. Something's going down. That's right. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, now let's let's leave Damba in a hurry, and we go into the the Brennans. So, what do you think of the Brennans, the Brennan brothers, the oh, catalog models? Whatever. <laughs> like you, yeah. yeah. You know, there's it's good that the neighbours is catering to many tastes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to have attractive, symmetrical people on these shows. I, I accept that. And neighbours often doesn't make that call, like they. They do for girls, don't they? But I think that, that there's always a good mix yeah. of different shapes. No, that shapes is actually and... true. They do actually have more you more sort of normal looking people. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Particularly compared to Home and Away, yeah. it's more like just the old people look normal. Yeah, the old people look normal, <laughs> and then the young people are all perfect. Yes, yes, which is not what happens no, in life. In life. Okay, so Constable Mechanic Mark, he's punching the punching bag, and oh, because of women. And yes. that, that punching bag symbolises <laughs> women, a particular woman, in fact. Yes. And that's nice. Yeah, so some interesting symbolism yep. there and a great aerial shot of that punching bag. Like they had the camera up on the balcony looking down. I thought that was – I'd never seen oh, wow. that angle before. So Toadie comes past to lend an ear to Mark. And so he and Naomi have had this spat because – she had basically said to him, are you not over Paige? And he, mm. he didn't have his answer ready. Mm. It, he he didn't... was a bit slow. And so he hesitated and now he's in the doghouse. Yep. Toadie's come home with a six-pack and he's like, come on, these aren't going to drink themselves. Let's have, let's have some chats. Toadie was very sensitive in this scene. He, he seemed to understand a lot about almost everyone yeah. and their feelings. Could he be stepping into a counselling role? Well, I think he probably rather be a counsellor because then people wouldn't be scamming him for free legal advice all the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah. So he jumps back in the spa with Naomi. They have this sweet chat and she basically says, look, why me? I'm just trying to figure out why you're into me. And he says a really, he lists off all of her qualities. And the, cu- uh, the cutest bit I thought was when he said, you're tough, but you're a marshmallow, which yeah. I thought was adorable. That was nice. And then we know that everything's okay because the flamenco music started playing. The Spanish guitar. Is that their music? That's whenever they're about to get it on. Oh, that's nice. The guitar plays. But then in the morning, they start talking to each other in southern accents. That was terrible. I thought she was better at it than he was. Yeah, he was a bit out of his depth. So they start talking in these southern American accents. Then Tyler has, I think, one of the calls of the week, baby Brennan, little Brennan, because he walks in and says, guys, look, I just want to say that the walls are really thin. Yeah, I, we've all been there, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> Especially in your share house. Yeah, in the share house. Share house situation. Yeah, there would, that would have been an awkward moment if I'd been watching that program in my share house. Especially, and if they're doing southern accents in the bedroom, oh. like, it's just going to get awkward. I would hate that. No role play, no yeah, accents. Exactly. Now we go over to the Gabers. What we found out a week ago was that Nate had had visa issues and he's not allowed to go back to the US because he overstayed his visa last time, which I love. And Is that the real reason? Because there was one bit at the end after Christos said something like, oh, 
we'll get Tody around and we'll, we'll work out the whole visa thing. And then Nate had a Slurpee <laughs> and he was sucking on the straw of the Slurpee and doing this sort of side eye looking very worried. Yeah. And it made me think, is there maybe something more to it? And is that why he's avoiding well, that the would visa? Be, that would be very exciting. Wouldn't it be funny if there was some other crime involved or some other yeah although we don't really want him to have done more crimes do we? no that's true he's done enough okay so nate doesn't want to blow all his cash on legal fees which is fair enough like christos why can't you just go to the u.s and see the ultrasounds on your own for it a is while? ridiculous to go over to the u.s for the first ultrasound as well yes. i know you said that last week yes like it's two flights you could mm. put that money towards a pram yeah i mean unless you know you had other plans while you were there Unless you wanted to go and see a Broadway show yeah. at the same time. Now, Tyler's looking up remote control cars and this will pay off shortly. <laughs> so Chris is looking up cots online because he wants to buy one for Lucy and have it set up over for, over in the US for her. Now, Lucy is on Paul Robinson style money. She doesn't need anyone right. buying her cots. Exactly. She could get her own cot. I mean, and also it's not the time. Like, wait, no. a little, you don't need to organise that at that point. No. You've got like... Got Almost months. a year until the baby's going to need a cot. Also, like she's probably already picked out on her Pinterest page, like Suri Cruz's cot. Yeah, she's probably going to hate that cot. Yeah. She's probably going to burn it. She's like, oh, well, Kim Kardashian's kid didn't sleep in this cot. Like yeah. I've already picked out the one I want. Exactly. <laughs> and it's going to be a waste. That's going to be a waste of money. Now, Toadie, they've got an appointment with Toadie, free legal advice from Toadie at 9am. And which is a weird time because everyone has jobs. I don't know how they all mm. have free time at 9am. Like it's who's... very generous of him. Yeah. <laughs> like he's got to go to the office. Chris has to work at the hotel. Nate's got to work at the nursery, but they're all free at 9am. Mm. But what happens is Nate and sees little Brennan, Tyler, with the remote control car. And Tyler basically says, do you want to come and play? And Nate says, yes. And then they play cars. <laughs> that was lovely, wasn't it? It was really sweet because Nate hasn't really made many. Like, mm. Tyler hasn't made many friends. Nate hasn't made many friends. It's nice. Yeah, I thought that was nice. Except he and he was playing with cars and missed his legal meeting. We finish with Chris and Toadie waiting. Oh, yeah, and, and Toadie's giving Christos a bit of a review of parenting yes. and how great it's going to be and he's telling them about poo because in, that is what parents do to people who are <laughs> thinking of being parents. They just tell them all about the poo and the spew and in this kind of like, you don't really understand, I need to explain to you exactly what it's like. I'm going to describe yeah. this to you in a lot of detail because you need to know. Like, you don't know, man. You, you don't you... really understand. You think you understand, but you don't really know. <laughs> I was, Yeah, I was at a wedding the other day where people were doing that and I assumed that the couple they were talking to must be pregnant. Yeah. And then I found out they weren't even <gasps> pregnant. It's not dinner time convo it's at a wedding. It's not nice. <laughs> I, was, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to be associated. But no, Chris was that. up. Christos was up for it though. Oh, he, he was He's loving like, it. What else can you tell me? I'm I know. excited. He was loving it, to be fair. It was a different situation. <laughs> so we leave them and we go to Tuesday. So we pick up Tuesday with Nate's bailed on this legal meeting to help, to help him figure out his visa issues. And Toadie's got it flat chat. He's got to go to work. He's got lawyer meetings. <laughs> Do you think he's got a paying client? He, he says, he's, but that's the thing. I thought, is he freelance? Because Chris mentions Toadie's got paid work for the next week. So I don't <laughs> understand. Is he like contracted? I thought he was a full-time lawyer. Uh, yeah, I thought he was always 
working. I didn't know he just each week. I didn't know he just <laughs> dipped in whenever he I felt thought he like was it. always on the clock. I don't know. So I don't know. It was weird. So he has to head off. And I love that Nate and Tyler they've tuck it out from their remote control car mm. obstacle course and they're having a little orange juice at Harold's store together. Oh, that's nice. It's such a sweet little friendship. And then he suddenly realises he's blown off this meeting. He actually mm. – I thought he'd done it on purpose. Oh, I think his just mind just got swept up in the excitement <laughs> of it and he just forgot about it all. So then he realises, oh, crap, I've got to be at Toadie's. He runs out on his orange juice and I felt for Tyler in that moment because Tyler's got money problems. He can't be paying for Nate's orange juice. Oh, and that happened to him later on in the week yeah. as well. People yes. are just leaving him with the bill all week. He oh, can't, and tomato ate his chips later on. Yeah. Oh, anyway. He's got problems. Yeah. And so he, Chris finds him and pays him out. Says, Tony, can't, like, Tony did us a favour and you blew him off. And he's like, I'm really sorry. And um, he says, right, Luke, you can make it up to me. Go and get some character references. So he's going to go hit up Paul and Dr. Carl. Is um, Paul is the mayor. Like, obviously, he does have a position of responsibility. Yeah. Personally, if someone gave me a character reference from, from Paul, the mayor, from Paul oh, yeah. Robinson, I'd say, oh, that's not worth the paper no. it's written on. <laughs> Pretty much not. But, but not everyone knows that he's but evil. If the American consulate, they don't know. All that. they see is Mayor of Erinsborough, exactly. and they see yeah. a respectable person, exactly. and even Carl. They don't watch Neighbours. Like Carl, I wouldn't be getting my character yeah. references from Carl. Susan, for sure. Yes. Why not Susan? Because he tried to bury her alive. <laughs> The first paragraph. Yeah. Despite despite nature burying me alive, he's a fine young man. Exactly. <laughs> so they had to nick Susan's reference. And the first thing I said, thought in my mind was don't admit, he says to Chris, oh, I got distracted playing with t- Tyler's remote control oh. Don't tell him you're playing with toys. Yeah, but you don't want to be dishonest in a relationship. You can when it comes to, I didn't come to this important legal meeting because I was (laughs) playing with a children's toy. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. So Nate's like, right, we're square. I'm going to go get these references. However, the boys are then playing basketball out on the street. It's like every childish cliche, boyish kind of thing that they could be doing. So Josh and and the guys and Kyle were playing basketball Bit of a, I was, I was about to say a basketball term then, realised I didn't have any. Yeah. I was about to go a bit of one-on-one. No, that's not what they were doing. <laughs> Five on two. I don't, they were shooting hoops. I don't know. And Nate, of course, again gets distracted and yeah. Chris says to him, where are the references? And he's like, oh, um, they were busy, so I played basketball. Again, don't tell him the reason. Yeah. Just say we, they were busy, they'll no, do them later. but Faye, we've seen the havoc that dishonesty in a relationship <laughs> can wreak later on. Yes, yes. Dishonesty about where you're getting $10,000 is one thing. Yeah. Dishonesty about I missed a meeting because I was playing. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> I do take your Little point. Little white lies. Yep. All right, leave those guys and we'll go over to – now, yes, you mentioned the dishonesty. We need to get to the massive arc of the week with the Turners, the Turner family. So we have Dad Cop and Bailey going for a run. Now, while they're jogging, D'Amato, who's our resident bad guy, underbelly style, he salutes Dad Cop. So Dad Cop's got to, like, usher Bailey into a different direction and, like, not not show that he's fraternising with the the local villain. Now, Lauren, this is where Lauren starts getting the ball rolling. His wife, 
mentions to Constable Mechanic yep. that Dad Cop had a windfall recently. Like, oh, all our money issues are going great ever since he got all that back pay down at the station. You must be enjoying the back pay yep. down at the station, even though he just started three days ago. Yeah. Yeah, and Brennan wouldn't be eligible for that. But but that's enough to get Brennan's little – because he's only a constable now, but he's got the mind of a detective. Of course. You don't forget your detective training. And it, it just starts ticking, and you can see it in his face. He's like, just thinking inside his brain. Back pay. It's all over his face. And meanwhile, Drab's come in to borrow a springform pan, which I thought was a nice touch. He's come to borrow oh, a cake tin from Lauren. That's nice. I- is he does he cook a lot? Well, no, apparently. Well, no. Oh, okay. so that's just come out of nowhere. <laughs> he wants to make a cake, but it also paves the way for the, um, those two to establish a connection again because mm. they share a love child and a past. Yeah, but that's all been buried because they're all trying to work on their dull marriages. Yeah. Now Brennan, Constable Mechanic, starts swanning around asking all the other cops how they're enjoying their back pay. Mm. And the poor schmuck he's talking to is like, oh, I haven't seen any back pay and I could use it. I've got three ex-wives. <laughs> I miss that bit. Yeah, he's, he was down on his luck, that guy. Yeah, three ex-wives, that is, that's so, a lot. D'Amato, later in the day, approaches Dad Cop while he's in his police uniform, which is gutsy. Mm-hmm. And and meanwhile, Brennan's getting the lunches. He turns around and he spots Dad Cop talking to D'Amato and hears him turning down shifts. They've gone behind mm. an alleyway, but look, don't have conversations out in the open in Erinsborough because there'll always be someone lurking. And he sees them hand over an envelope. Oh, yes. This was very sinister. He kind of followed them. He, I mean, he was detecting. Yeah, he was doing creeping. Like, there should yeah. have been creeping music, like in yeah. cartoons. So he hears him say, I'm not going to do any more shifts for you. Yeah. And then he says, you're a family man. What if you treat your family to a holiday and hands over this envelope? Mm. And, and I mean, at that point, Brennan's brain, like the thinking that's going on in there is, <laughs> is very intense. I don't even think he's been given his, an assignment yet, but he's just no, he's, ready to go. He's just, his mind is just churning. <laughs> he knows there's something up. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, his job for the day was to get everyone's lunches. Yeah. And he's like, that's that's not going to satisfy my mind. He is way, he's working above his pay grade here. Yeah. And now we move into Dr. Nick and Georgia. Now, Dr. Nick is helping Georgia organise a blood drive. And, okay, firstly, there are blood banks for this. Yeah, don't we don't? Oh, I don't understand. And also, they seem to be conducting this blood drive in one of the waiting rooms. Yeah, I like, mean... It's been a while since I gave blood, but do you just sit in a chair next to other people or do you lie down? No. See, my boyfriend's mum runs a blood bank. Oh, wow. Okay. Good. So, Good. Let's get some knowledge. <laughs> so you go into a row of chairs, you give all, you fill out a form, you give your details, mm. they weigh you and stuff, which is traumatic. And then you go into an area where there's reclining chairs and then they, you give blood and you sit in the chair for 10, or 10 minutes or however long, however they long do, it takes. They re, you recline You back. recline. Yeah. And then when you're finished giving blood, you get up and go and sit back in the waiting area and have snacks and wait until mm-hmm. you're ready it's to walk away. It's not just all in the one chair. It's not in the one chair. <laughs> there's more than one chair. There are two changes of chair. There are reclining areas and there's a snack area. Yeah. And usually you're allowed to have more than just a biscuit out of the biscuit jar. Yeah. Like at some of the blood banks are allowed to have sandwiches and milkshakes and cake, mm. pieces of cake. Sounds nice. Everyone. A much better, blood. A much better setup mm. than what was going on down at Erinsborough Hospital. Okay, Josh, I have to mention that Josh referred to 
Carl as Dr. KK, which is his Twitter name. So I thought oh, that was that's beautiful. very cute. That's nice. Just live to give Dr. KK. Josh doesn't get many lines lately. so it's... He wasn't in it much. Nah. And, okay, George is reluctant to donate blood herself and Nick's noticed that and mm. basically keeps prodding and is like, you haven't given blood, blah, blah, blah. And by the end of the day, he gets her to confide in him and she says – I'm not into needles. She had a cancer scare. Yep, she nearly had cancer. Yep, and she's scared that if she has a needle, yeah. it'll tell her something bad about herself. And so he says, what if I give you the needle? Mm. And he also peps her up with a bit of a, a story about his wisdom teeth. Oh, yeah. And can it was I just, horrible. Can I just give him a little bit of advice? No one cares about your wisdom teeth story. <laughs> Almost everyone's got one. And I tell you, it's like saying to someone, I had a dream last night. Oh, of course. Like, people inside are just thinking, oh, God, Ugh. shut up. If you say, oh, I had my wisdom teeth out, like, people. Ugh. No one's got a good wisdom teeth oh. story. Yeah, and no no one. No one. No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess it's tried and true. For- I mean, I love talking about my story, but that's how I know that no one cares. <laughs> yeah, D- Dr. Nick, but apparently he's been dining out on his wisdom teeth story. Mm. Well, she liked it. I mean, she's wow. fictional, though. Yeah. <laughs> It's always good, it's always good yeah. to remind ourselves that these aren't real people. And finally, so they're giving blood in the waiting room chairs and Dr. Nick's dealing with Georgia and then he holds her arm. Mm. and she gives, has, her, gives her a pat. She has this moment where it's dawning on her mm. that there might be something going on here. There mm. might be a, some kind of feelings lurking with this, with this guy. But then doesn't her dorky husband come in? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's always coming in. And then he just kind of bumbles in. He's like, look at me, I'm really unsophisticated. Um, it makes me... And insensitive. It makes me like him more. Yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> mind. I don't mind if he talks with his mouth full. And he always wears singlets. Yeah. The more he bumbles around, mm. the more I'm okay with her settling for Kyle. All right, now Wednesday we had a special guest. Two special guests. It was very special. And... So we'll get to them shortly. Firstly, though, it was very dramatic with the Turners because Brennan, Constable Mechanic, confronts mm. Dad Cop that he witnessed him getting a payoff. There was a little moment there where I thought, oh, he's going to kill him. <laughs> Which one? Brennan. Just, just when Brennan said to him, I know what you've been, <gasps> what, what's going on. And there was Whoa. just a little pause and I thought, oh, he's going to kill him. No, he's too but, handsome. No one's killing him. And then I thought, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> and but, that's not what happened. But he's heading there. Like that three-day growth. Is going nowhere with for Matt. With Matt, I mean, he he he's getting that sort of crazy, desperate look, yeah. isn't he? And yeah, he's getting he's quite drinking, feisty. Later on, he's drinking during the day. Yeah, That's a very bad sign. <laughs> it's a bad sign. Now, what I find interesting is they're changed out of their uniforms, and it's like ten minutes later they were in their uniforms oh. doing the lunch run, and now they're having it out and they're in their casual clothes. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I yeah I noticed. I was too feared for his life. But maybe he thought if we're going to have this discussion about me witnessing this payoff then we better put on our CVs so people aren't suspicious. And he basically says, I I can't ignore this, and he knows. Like, Brennan is going to have to come clean that he's witnessed this bribe. Brennan's pretty straight up. Yeah, and so Dad basically has to come clean to Lauren and, oh, God, that's full on. She's upset. He has to say to his wife, I'm I'm a crooked cop. Yeah. I might go to jail, soz. She's furious. And I loved Lauren this week. Oh, she just, I love yep. it when they give her that really meaty, dramatic stuff mm. to do. And she goes running over to Constable Mechanic in tears and essentially begs him 
to turn a blind she eye. She begs hard. She says, don't do this to my children. Yeah, she brings up the children. Even I mean, though they're quite old, actually. And, <laughs> and look. I mean, you just imagine some little toddlers running yeah. around, don't you? Nah, they're all late teens. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much fully formed. Yeah. And Brennan then thinks about it. He comes back around to the Turner house and says, right, this is what we're going to do. Matt's not going to turn himself in. He's going to go and get six months long service leave. Mm. And he's going to tell me everything that he knows about D'Amato. He's going to give me all the intel and I'm going to nail this guy. And that's what we're going to do. And if it comes out in six months' time, he still might have to go to jail, P.S. Look, I did think that that was a a pretty decent proposal. proposal. I was surprised that they could come up with something that made Brennan seem not also corrupt. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, if he's kind of using it to get the information. Yes, that he could still maintain the moral high ground while at the same time not throwing Matt under the bus. Yeah, that was clever because I pretty much thought they were going to be walking him into the slammer the next day. I didn't think that could be done. So well done. Yeah, well done. It would have been more free work for Tony. (laughs) Oh, no. Once Tony hears about this, he's like, got to clear my schedule. That's why he's got to be freelance because his neighbours keep putting yeah. these cases on his desk. And that we know they've got no money, uh, so they're not going to be paying. And he's like, can't you guys just stay on the straight and narrow for five minutes? I've got to go to the office. Now, the Bake Off. So we're in the middle, by the way, of the Erinsborough Festival. Yes, it's actually a very happy time in Erinsborough. <laughs> it's a two-week festival. <laughs> it's huge. I just, it's very well attended. I just went to the Port Ferry Folk Festival over Did the weekend. Did you go? My well, mum went. Well, I didn't go to the festival. Oh. I was near it. And I went to watch a, a, my boyfriend's uncle play drums. Oh, nice! Out just outside the festival, and that went for two days, like three days, mm. long weekend. Yep, and that's one of the biggest. Like, it's a huge festival. It's a big festival, yeah. And this Aaron's Festival's gone for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Is it just like one event today? Is it like, oh, there's the Bake Off on Tuesday and then there's the face painting on yeah, Wednesday? Well, that, that sounds is that, sensible. Is that kind of what it and is? And then the closing night concert. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And then that stage is just always set up because they're always walking past it. Yes. Yeah. It's. I, I can't quite imagine. I'm finding it hard to imagine the festival, what it actually is. Yeah. I think maybe festival was the wrong word. Mm. I think maybe if they'd called it. Erinsborough month or something. Yeah. Erinsborough fortnight. (laughs) Yeah. Festival seems like there's a lot of carnies floating around. Mm. Okay. So we are at the off-air bar, which I thought was a very strange venue to hold the – I mean, it's pretty sticky in here because we actually record in the Pirate Net Studios. Yes. So – and cake went everywhere. Cow cake. Oh, that was actually the most devastating part for me is all that cake that got wasted. It was a big waste. Wasted food makes me so sad. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't real cake. They looked real though, didn't they? They looked real. Maybe it was like shaving cream. Yeah. So, okay, we'll get to the disaster. What happens is Susan's come in. She hasn't brought her coconut cream pie. She's gone a different avenue. Now... Carl's brought in this really lame, pathetic trifle because he tried to make a sponge and it didn't work, so he chucked it into a trifle. Mm, it doesn't look very promising. It, looks, it doesn't look like a winner. It doesn't look like a at trifle. This stage. <laughs> it just, yeah. It looks like a bowl of leftovers. And Drab, by the way, has brought in a butterfly kiss cake. So that's what he borrowed the springform oh, tin for. That all makes sense. Okay, yep. I hadn't put those two things together. Yeah. And now everyone's heard a whisper of a mystery judge coming in. Then we have another guest, and this is Janelle Timmons. And I recognised her, but I couldn't remember what she... So, 
She was the matriarch of one of the most amazing Bogan families. I knew it was a Bogan family. To have ever graced Erinsborough. And who were they all? They were the Timminses. So we had uh, Stingray, Toadie's. These were Toadie's cousins. Stingray. We didn't see them at Toadie and George's wedding. So Toadie and Georgia? Uh, sorry, not Toadie and Georgia. <laughs> Toadie and Georgia are cousins. Toadie and Sonia's wedding. They didn't come to Toadie and Sonia's wedding. Oh, right. They didn't come to Georgia and Kyle's wedding. And Janelle didn't either. No. So oh. I don't know which side of the family they're on, mm. the Brooks side or the Rebecca side. But the point is no one's coming for any family events except for the festival, the Erinsborough <laughs> Festival. So she had Stingray who tragically died. Stingray died. Died. Oh. No, it was really sad. How did he die? He, I think he got some blood disease or something. Oh. I, don't know. Okay, I don't know. Then Dylan, his brother, I think ended up with Sky, Sky Mangle, Stephanie oh. McIntosh up, up in Port Douglas or something. They've got three kids. Yep. Popping them out. And then the younger girls, Janae, who is Eliza Taylor, who is now on the 100 in the US, doing very well for herself. Oh. And Brie, the younger daughter, who has also got an amazing career in the US. She's oh, been wow. on, um, what's that show? Hung. She was on Hung. Hung. Is yes. Show? Yeah, okay. she's just the main role. So they're, they're doing amazing things. So, yeah, they so being in the Timmins family is clearly In real life, for you. it pays off. Yeah. So they couldn't get any of those kids back because they're all too successful. But they got Janelle back. She was good, wasn't she? Oh, she had she, some things to say. She was a spitfire. <laughs> <laughs> she came in with a red velvet cake. And, oh, she's in Cairns. The character's in Cairns with someone called Alan, who I don't remember. And she, by the way, has been reading up on all of E.M. Williams' works. She's read the Book of Secrets. Yes. Um, Kyle's, Kyle, Dr. Because that's Kyle's. all out that he's the author now, isn't it? Yes. yes. Dr. Kyle's erotic fiction. Also, Toadie told her, which I thought was weird. Like, Toadie's telling his auntie that his former guardian is writing dirty novels. Oh, well. <laughs> I guess oh no you would wouldn't you? You'd be like, Oh, you'll never guess what Doctor Kyle's oh, doing. Okay, now. Yeah, he's writing but she said she's writing romance novels too, which I don't remember. So I guess it's pretty easy to get a dirty novel published. Oh no. It's not? No. Oh. Not not an official publisher, no. Oh, they're just releasing it on ebooks and stuff. Oh, you can do that. To self publish, not hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get in the official kind of like to write it um like a Mills and Boone. Oh, okay. It's quite difficult. Oh, so really? Yeah, I know someone who who did it. Oh, she she started off with a writing partner. Sorry, yeah. this is irrelevant. And um, she started off with a writing partner, and then they almost got one through. And then she just she had to throw her writing partner under the bus. She oh, got no. rid of her because her writing partner didn't want to do the really saucy stuff. Well, that's what I was going to say. How do you write? So she went more saucy, and once she went more saucy, she got it. She got it in. She's done a few. It must be pretty embarrassing to write saucy things with a writing partner. Well, she was okay with it. The writing partner wasn't. This could, you know, this could open it up for. Janelle and Carl to team up and be their own Mills and Boone. Timmons, oh, Kennedy. Because they'd be good to get the two, the different perspectives. The Bogan love and the yeah. middle class love. I think that could be nice. So that's a, that's, I would, I would that's read that. Idea. I'd read that ebook for yep. free. Okay, so Janelle starts sledging Sheila, mm. Colette Nan's pecan pie. And yep. you don't mess with Sheila's pecan pie. So already there's some rivalry at the bake-off. Mm. Then Carl, Carl, by the way, now has now got wind of who he thinks the guest judge might be and he swans yeah. on in wearing a cravat, which was, I think, my favourite image from the whole week. It was a really poorly matched cravat as well, wasn't <laughs> like, it? With his shirt, it looked disgusting. No, he just he went for any piece of satin yeah. that he could find and didn't care if it matched. I think it matched the trifle quite well. <laughs> yeah, that might be true. 
this is where it all starts going pear-shaped. He's walked in with the cravat and then Susan accidentally sneezes on Janelle's red velvet cake. Was that an accident? I feel it was. I think this will be a mystery for the ages mm. because she claims it was an accident. But? But Susan can do an innocent face pretty well. That's true. I actually think it was, oh, I think it was deliberate. Because you, you can cover. You can cover. Yeah, you yeah. can cover your mouth. Easily. But she sneezed all over it. Yeah. So her cake was ruined and then Janelle fought back and chucked Sheila's cake on the ground. She got the wrong cake. Yeah, she thought it was Susan's cake, but she chucked Sheila's cake on the ground, her pecan pie. And then Sheila just loses the plot and starts chucking random cakes yeah. on the ground. And I, if I was one of the contestants, like there would have been an uproar. I there don't many... think it can be a valid – with the prize that big, like let's remember it's a ticket to London. Yeah, that's right. So it's a big prize. You – you can't have that sort of behaviour and then still say this is a valid competition. No, there would can... be terms and conditions. Yeah. And one of the terms should be you can't damage other entries. Yeah. and But no one else was up in arms. All the other contenders were just happy to watch their hard work shoved onto the ground by Sheila. Yeah. And and, and then I know you talked about it last week, but the conflict of interest with with Sheila's cake, with her daughter being the organiser of Again, the competition. Again, in the terms and conditions. Huge. So Naomi wasn't there and I think maybe that at the Quebec off. Was no, she, she wasn't. She and wasn't and maybe that was to not draw attention course. to the incredible corruption yeah. that is actually occurring. I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that Naomi did pay Matt Preston to... To, <laughs> to appear. No, to, oh, to, to vote, vote for, for her mother's cake, but that's the perceptions there. So, yeah, meanwhile, during all anyway. of this kerfuffle, Matt Preston has walked in in his own cravat. Mm. And I don't know if the UK listeners know who Matt Preston is, but he's one of the main judges on our version of MasterChef. And he's actually famous for the old bait and switch. He does a lot of, this pecan pie is disgustingly good. Does he? <laughs> disgustingly good. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't write that in. That would have been amazing if he'd taken a bite of the trifle and gone, I hate this trifle because I love it so much. (laughs) I didn't. I've never seen this show. Yeah, I love MasterChef. So, they. I mean, they could have, maybe they only had him for like an hour. If they had him for half a day, they could have really got a lot Mm. of gold out of Matt Breston. But so what happens is all the food's on the floor and he says, well, this is a food fight, not a bake-off, but what's left for me to taste. And here's the problem. Everyone was already eating the cakes. Like people had cakes on plates. It was plates. like a people's choice thing. Yes, yeah, so everyone had a piece of cake on a plate. Mm. Why didn't the people eating cake go, Say, Matt, well, I haven't touched this bit. Have some of this butterfly kiss cake. No, he, all he had left to taste was the trifle which Carl had saved because Carl only looks out for number one. So he's kept yeah. the bowl intact. So um, Carl's got this bowl of trifle and Tarage, meanwhile, is the MC. She's underutilised this week. All she had to do was MC the bake-off. She didn't do much. No. And then Matt can only taste this one trifle and declares it the winner. Yeah. And, and, and I would have imagined that Carl would be a popular winner and he wasn't a popular winner. No. Being the doctor. And, and because, win, winning the trip. And because the trifle was probably gross. And, yeah, and Susan and, and Carl were like, oh, it'd be so good to be able to go over to London and visit our kids. And, you know, it's like, what? Like the doctor and, and the principal can afford to I a London. I know you've talked about it before, but just <laughs> his own ticket's so tight. 
It's really tight, particularly when you won $7,000 on a scratchy. Exactly. So I guess that paves the way for Carl and Susan to go visit Malcolm and his spawn. Because otherwise they wouldn't bother. (laughs) And then they announce the People's Choice Award Mm. and it's a three-way tie between Suze, Sheila and Janelle. Which was an incredible coincidence, wasn't it, to get the the three people that we know about. (laughs) What do they get for being People's Choice? Look, (laughs) I don't think they got anything. Right. Maybe they got a voucher for a piece of cake at Harold's store. Which would be good. That would be fitting. Yeah. Okay, and then we finish off Wednesday with Tyler and Paige having Mm. this kind of to and fro because she they kissed last week but then she couldn't stop thinking about his older brother. Yeah. That kills the mood. And and she's eating a piece of cake and he steals a piece of cake. Yeah, not on. And I would have punched him in the face. Which she wanted to do. She said, I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah. And Paige has the propensity to do that to people. She's strong. And also I think that piece of cake she's eating, Matt Preston could have had that piece of cake. Yes. Her dad could could have won a trip to London. Yeah. Because Drab's cake was delicious apparently. So then they have – this this innuendo about cake and um, Tyler says, I'm a classic sponge. I have many layers. And I ask you, Penny, are there layers in a sponge? Well, in a classic sponge, I mean, often it's just two layers. With a bit of cream in the middle. Yeah. So that's like, oh, I'm a classic sponge. I have two layers. He has two layers. Sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I'm happy. <laughs> and sometimes I'm cream filled, <laughs> yeah. which is, again, quite it's the like- innuendo. Uh, so- oh, no. <laughs> So poor little Tyler Brennan, he's got his metaphors, hasn't thought them out. And then they start talking about, well, we're rating cakes. Let's rate kisses. And then they rate each other on their kissing and then they start kissing again. And then this is the moment where it just hits peak awkward levels Mm. because she's kissing little Brennan and then she says, Brennan. Brennan. Which I thought was very early in the pe- in the yeah. in the encounter <laughs> to have that happen. Like yes. I am sympathetic that that could happen, but I just thought that you would expect that to happen when they've taken it out of the cafe yeah. and moved on into another into a bedroom. Like, to, like it was like thirty seconds yeah. into the encounter, she was ready to go. Yeah. She's calling out the wrong name, but the funny thing was. It's his last name too. Exactly. But no one calls him Brennan. Yeah, I mean, she did try that defence later, yeah, but yeah. I don't think it. <laughs> so we finish on I the think yeah, it'd stand up. The most awkward moment of all time. Aaron's Fest 2015 is hitting the burbs across several action-packed weekdays, featuring world-class act playing his or her greatest hit, wine and cheese tastings from two local vendors, a bake-off featuring Matt Preston and Susan Kennedy's coconut cream pie, glamour photos of old people and kids' entertainment, including Toadie dressed as a gold statue. For tickets and info, head to vic.gov.au slash Aaronsfest. Aaronsfest 2015. Presented by Erinsborough Council and Lassiter's Hotel Group. If you're not at Moomba, be there. This is Neighbours, you're with Bayer and Penny. And into Thursday, so we've just had the most awkward moment of all time where Paige said the other brother's name, nickname, mm. while she's pashing little Brennan. And then she's venting to Imogen about it. She, Imogen's like, I don't know what your problem is. You've got the younger, hotter version of Brennan right there. That was a good line. Fantastic. Mm. And I, I feel a bit for Imogen. She's not showing it, but Imogen had a massive crush on Brennan, even though he's like... She had a crush on Brennan? Yeah, yeah. She was like 17 and he was like 29. Oh, I find that really, really sweet. It is, she, but she loved him. And she this was, and the thing is, his fiancé like, 
Oh, it's like Patrick from The Little Gymnast. <laughs> I mean, you knew he was way too old for them, yeah. but at the same time. No, she, um, the, 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 actually, what made it awkward was that his fiance had only died like two months ago. So she kept bringing casseroles around. But, this is a bit, but a lot of, um, <laughs> see what I mean? Like, that is the behaviour of a 50-year-old woman. <laughs> like, it really is. Because, yeah. and because, look, I know that men tend to die first. And it just yeah. seems like when a man's partner, female partner dies, there seem to be a lot of women who really want to step into that comforting oh, yeah. breach and yeah. it very often then becomes romantic. Yeah. It just, I, I am, I've often been surprised by how quickly the situation turns around. But she used to actually, you would have loved this whole storyline because she was actually full on inviting him to stuff and texting oh. him and waiting for him to reply and like getting sad when he didn't turn up to like events. And there was, this was when they had the multi-generational speed dating and she was like... Multi-generation. Well, they had... It was all ages speed dating. Do you do At the what? bar. Is there any lower limit? Like, like, no, all the teenagers were there. And she's like, oh, I hope Mark comes to speed dating. And it's like... Why do you... You don't need to do speed dating with people that you already know. It's supposed to be people that you don't know. It's supposed to be like blind dates. <laughs> That's dumb. So that that was a whole thing. But she doesn't talk about it anymore. She's moved on. Because I still talk about, like, I've had, I've had a crush on everyone and his dog. <laughs> yeah, me well, too. Not the dogs. Yeah. But I still, I can still talk about those crushes. Yeah. Like, you know, like, mm. but she's never referencing she it. She doesn't. It's like, well, is it because she's just got a much more overwhelming concern at the moment? Probably. Mm. Yeah. Which but is even strange. So, you still contextualise yeah. for the other person. Anyway, and Paige keeps saying, oh, no, me and Brennan were so mismatched. Like, I would have had to watch Doctor Who all the time and clean his sink for him. And that He's was pretty Brennan funny. Brennan a clean freak. He's a clean freak. Oh, That's right. his thing. He likes control over all areas of his life. Yep, yep, yep. Now, Paige goes around to make amends with Tyler. It's like, sorry, I said your brother's name. And she basically tries to confess to him, look, there might still be some unresolved stuff I have with your brother. Mm. And he keeps laughing at her through this apology and... Finally, she says, so I've got some issues going on, so let's just be mates. Let's not yep. do anything physical. Let's just hang out. Then they play cards. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> but then they start checking out each other's asses. Yeah, they would. Because <laughs> when you've got a friend and someone's just a friend, you just you just drink beer with them and just perv, don't you? Have, like, that's hey, what, yeah. I mean, that's what you and I are doing now. <laughs> we're, we're, and we're just going to get the pizza we're out of the a, fridge. Having a few beers and every time Vase turns up and turns around. <laughs> I get my goggle eyes on. <laughs> yeah, they don't know. They don't understand what mates means. <laughs> no, and it's very like when you decide to be friends with someone who you've had a romantic interest with. I think sometimes it's good to have that conversation and then wait a few days before yeah. you maybe see them again. Rather than right, let's start now. It's good to have a bit of distance. Yeah, between making out and saying the wrong name. Yeah. to shuffling the deck. And the, and they're they're also just always going. I'm so glad we're not being physical with him. I'm so glad we've taken the physical stuff off the table. Yeah. Isn't it? Doesn't it feel good that we're not being physical? It's like these 45 minutes have gone very well. Yeah. Okay, now let's get back to the Turners because mm, oh, oh, this because, was gut-wrenching. And this was sort of cutting between the scenes of um, of um, Tyler and Paige together with their with their obvious chemistry yeah. and then the Turners. With none. Very, it's all gone. Very far apart. Now, Dad Cop straight away says to says that he's you know got his long service leave approved. Mm. I think it's quite convenient that 
Brennan even knew that Dad Cop was up for long service leave? Yeah, I guess he just assumed. Maybe he's he talks old about it a lot. Yeah. yeah. So he's got that approved, and Bailey says, "Oh, why are you going on leave?" And he goes, "Oh, I've done my back." Bailey's an idiot to believe that story. <laughs> what a fool! I mean, we know he's an we, idiot. He's vulnerable at the minute, so he can believe a lot. He can. He believed that Svetlana was a real, <laughs> a real Russian lady wanting to be his girlfriend. That is just further confirmation. So that he. he, he Gullibility is one of his traits. Look, I know he's only a teenager and you don't really understand, you know, HR rules and all of that sort of thing. But <laughs> if you've done your back, either you're going to be on work cover or you're going to be on sick leave. Well, he said that. He said, did you do it at work? Can you get, get some work compo? Cover, but, you, but did you not then think, what about sick leave? Like, you don't have to use your long service leave straight away. For your back. For your back, no. Yeah, you can take your sick leave and tack your long service leave at the end of that and have a sweet little holiday. Exactly. So that's problematic. And now Lauren immediately clocks that dad cop just lied without even hesitating, mm. just lied to his son without a second thought. And so she's having a cry. And I think she's having a well-earned cry. Mm. Like she's been carrying a lot of stress. That was a well-earned cry. That's very true. That's she, a good use yeah. of that phrase. She was heaving. Yep. Like there was fluids coming out of her eyes and nose mm. and mouth. She was having the, a great old cry. And Drab comes in, and this was really cute. He brings her a piece of cake that he saved from the Bake Off. P.S. Why didn't he give that to Matt Preston? <laughs> no. It's trip to London at stake, yeah. Those two could be heading off to London to together. London. They could be going to London together. Yeah, I mean. Waving goodbye to there. I mean, Tarage would not have that, but. No, but that's that could just be like, bye, we're off. Well, that's the end. Yeah. Full stop to this story. Because I love them together. I really love them. I At first I couldn't mm. see it. mm but now I really want them to kiss each other. <laughs> <laughs> I really want them to kiss each other. I mean, not... But not, isn't that just how you feel when there's unresolved sexual tension? Yeah. You're just like, I really want them to kiss each other. Yeah, I mean, not today while she's got yeah. the snotty face after the big cry, no. but maybe tomorrow. Yeah. And also I love that she just starts singing like a canary to him about her husband. Yeah. Like, that may, doesn't that make him an accessory to this oh, crime? Oh, there's a lot of pe- – I'm worried that there's too many people know about this now. Everybody knows that Matt's a corrupt cop now, yeah. the whole street. Like they're all going to be in court yeah. having to give statements because they <laughs> all like, knew. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's going to be like the kids are going to be like, are we the only ones who didn't know our dad was a crooked cop? Yeah. <laughs> Now, the best part, this is my favourite moment of this exchange. She looks at Brad and she says, I don't know if I can trust Matt. My husband doesn't lie. And then she goes, please don't tell anyone about this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, it is slightly hypocritical, isn't it? My husband doesn't lie. My my lover does (laughs) all the time. Please lie if anyone asks you what what we've discussed today. Yeah. So then she goes back home and they hash it out, Lauren and Matt. They hash it out and it's great. She's like, I can't trust you. You lied to our son. You lied to me. And he's like, you lied to me when you passed your ex in Adelaide. And mm. So there. <laughs> I did think that was a good point. And I'm not 100% convinced that it, with her argument that, oh, no, it's completely different. You've told more lies. Yeah. you No, you don't get to keep a tally on who's lied more. Mm. and then decide because I've told 10 and he's told 12 that yeah. he's at fault more. Exactly. I mean, you can say, look, we discussed that then. I, you know, I thought we'd come yeah. to a resolution but on that. But I, but you can't just say, oh, well, that, that word more isn't as bad. You are allowed to say you've broken the law and I exactly. think that's not cool. <laughs> yes. So, 
and you're a policeman and that's you're not meant to do that. So I think that would have been valid. And she kind of says that he's done it for all – it was all just ego, the reason why he did this. Which is true. And we've been saying that on this mm. podcast. He has been – he took issue with the fact that his kids were going to be paying the mortgage and mm. he wanted to be the man, quote, unquote, and look after the family. And we were all like, get over yourself, pay, pay rent to your kids and move on. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. And so – she said it was his pride. He did it all for himself. Yeah. And then he basically said, well, what's the go then? Are we getting divorced? And so that's going to be hanging over our heads. And we know – I think we know that he's leaving the show at some point. Oh, good. Yeah. It, I don't see the value of him. That's kind of why I call him dad cop. And also, <laughs> because we have a cop. We have a cop now. Well, he wasn't a cop. He was a mechanic for a yes, while. Yes, but now he's a cop. So we only need one. And, and, and it seems like having two is just creating a lot of conflict, yeah. which can be good. Because they just turn on each other. Yeah. And so yeah. th- this is why I call him dad cop because he has two functions. He's a dad and he's a cop. Mm. Yeah. And now that he's not a cop, he's, he's a, just a, a dad. dad. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the guy. I liked him on Dance Academy. I want him to oh, do was well. He in dance Ac- oh, is that yeah. where I know him from? What was it? Who was he in? He's dance just one Academy? of the teachers. He and Brad oh, yes. were both ballet teachers on Dance oh, Academy. Oh, that's where I know Brad from too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. So I think they're great. I just don't need them. I don't need all these. Unless they're going to start dancing. I don't, I don't. Oh my God. If he had a secret talent and he <laughs> was an amazing dancer, yeah. that would be, that would blow dad, my dad, mind. Dad dancer. See, I'd love that. Oh. Yeah, and he, he did actually dance. Yeah, they're both, dancing academy. Yeah, they're both classically trained ballerinas. I think they're they're being wasted a little bit. Wasted talents. Mm. Okay, so oh, because that could have been part of Aaron's fest as well. Oh my could god, have been dancing with the dads, dancing with the dads. <laughs> I yeah. would go to that event. Yeah, it'd be lovely. I would skip the bake off and the face painting yeah. and go to dancing with the dads. Could have been huge. <laughs> oh well. Missed opportunity. Well, this is... Let's face it, Dance Academy had a much bigger budget. Yeah, well, true. Yeah. Now, Damba. All right. This is gearing up to the Damba wedding. They're having their celebrant meeting with Susan. Yes. And someone on the tweets, I should give them credit. Oh, it was Remude. It was Kate. She said, why is Sue's going to be the celebrant at a church wedding? Oh, can you do that? Usually the church wants old mate, priest to minister... Well, to yes, do the unless service. it's an unconsecrated church, deconsecrated. Don't know what that means. Do you un? I don't know. <laughs> um, but that means like taken, decommissioned, basically okay, sure. for churches, right? So God, Jesus is no longer watching. <laughs> Jesus is watching Harold. That's why yeah. he can't keep an eye on that church. <laughs> so they're meeting with Susan, and she's on board. She's happy to get payday. Mm. She doesn't mind if these two irresponsible kids are getting married. And she's and it, it merges very well with her counselling yes. as well. Yes. Susan. So weird that they have Paul there. Very, yeah, quite odd. Paul's busy too. Like he and Naomi have to talk about the insurance claim since Harold ruined the festival and mm. crashed everything. And then they've got to talk about how the drink sponsors pulled out of the fun run, mm. which I think is a massive logistical nightmare. Like they would have had branding printed up on all the yes, and and they banners. don't have a closing act. Don't have a closing act, and they didn't even announce that they had a famous TV. I don't star. think they made enough hay of that. I think if I was Matt Preston and I rocked up and it was just like twenty people in like a little cafe and all the cakes were on the floor, I'd be like, "What?" My agent would be fired. Yeah, 
Because he'd be going to things, there'd be thousands of people, wouldn't he? Be on yeah, a main stage or for something. For sure. Or it'd be like at, at a huge department store or shopping centre yeah. and he'd be the main act in the food court or whatever. Yeah. But it's probably nice for him, makes him seem more humble. True. But they, the fact that they didn't even put his name on a poster, like, yeah. you want to get people through the door. Yeah. I mean, it's not really just the aim to just surprise the lucky people who happen to come anyway. No, like, oh, these 30 people... Thankfully, they lucked out, you know. They got to see Matt Preston. Yeah. So, well, I guess this is Naomi's first rodeo. But they could not have fitted more people into that <laughs> cafe anyway, so. The hay bales can only fit one mm. bum each. Exactly. Now, it's Naomi's first rodeo, though. She's never managed an event since no, she decided to God, make her this company. Is, she is doing amazing. She's doing a lot for this two-week festival. And it's really made me think about my own work and about how we've got, like, a whole marketing department. department. And just, I don't think we need them. <laughs> Just get one person, yeah. one person with an ABN. Exactly. On the high with, in a new relationship. Yeah. And she'll be fine. Well, that's the thing. So Paul clocks that Naomi's all happy and says, oh, who, who are you going mm. out with? And she says, actually, it's Mark. And he pisses himself laughing. So I've heard you say that it's end game for those two to get together. Well, that's what we've said because – but that's when I thought Naomi was a bit older. <laughs> yes. Since I found out that she's my age um, – I now think that she's much more suited to yeah. Constable Mechanic. Yeah. But I do like the frisson she has with Paul. And mm. I mean, Paul would obviously like a younger lady. And I think if he, if Brennan gets back with Paige, she's, she might need a shoulder to cry on. Yeah. And he can be nice sometimes. Some of them bring it out in him. And yeah. I think Naomi's one of them. He could nurture She her. doesn't take his crap. Mm. She, got, she got a job from him to run an entire festival with zero experience. But you don't need, you don't always need experience. We've seen that time and again on, like with other things happening, like Amber's photography. Oh yeah, no, no. yeah, no. She's 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 had she landed on her feet that one. Counseling, yeah, that's no, another thing you no. don't need experience. That's just a hobby, and no. you take it up. And if you're good at it, people will ask you to deal yeah, with their quite let, serious problems. Let's just for have. Them. I, I come, yeah. I'm not going to pay hundred bucks with a rebate to get a counselling appointment. Let's just go have chats in the co- in the coffee shop. Yeah. Look, I, I reckon I can do it. <laughs> We're having chats now. Exactly. I'm cured. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just nod and occasionally I'll just say something that you don't really want to hear. Yeah. I'm keeping it real. That's all you need. So back at the off-air bar, Daniel and Imogen are cleaning it after the bake-off disaster. She is always giving, isn't she? Poor Imogen. She's still not getting paid to work She there. is like, she is really like, one like a a fifty year old woman in the country is just always like every time there's an event she's in the kitchen you know like, oh here I go again it's yeah all, it's all on me exactly oh, I'm gonna have to make more scones and she gets there she goes oh I'm gonna have to whip home and make a batch of scones like <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't have a tray of lamingtons in the yeah, fridge ready to go exactly she yeah and she she says the line they made her ha- have the line which is I never want to um see another piece of cake. As long as I live, which I thought was too close to the bone because she suffered with an eating disorder, this character. Oh, you see, you don't know that if you haven't been watching the whole time. <laughs> so I just think you want to tread carefully when you make the eating disorder sufferer say things like, I never want to see cake again. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Now, she's still struggling. She's got this internal turmoil about the fact that the guy she loves is going to marry mm. her pal. Meanwhile... Paul has made a phone call to a mate of his at the West Waratah Star. Mm, and they have a big budget for, <laughs> for your national environmental now, stories. Usually the local newspaper covers 
local ma- events. Yeah, like maybe the local primary school swimming carnival. Yeah. But this for so, so now Paul's jigged it, and now Amber's got this phone call, and the West Waratah star wants to send her off to the Great Barrier, mm. Barrier Reef to photograph a turtle rehabilitation program. Yeah, that's that sounds like the sort of thing that would happen, though. Yeah, it sounds when like you, there's something a TV news anchor might get sent yes. to cover. And I just don't think a local newspaper, I mean, they might have like a bird, a local bird that maybe had been found. Yes. They thought it was gone. Yeah, so like come and photograph this magpie Yeah, that we found in the park. Yeah, we didn't think there were any left. It has an injured wing. I mean, of course, this is a pretend thing. Like, they have just made it up, but it just seems a bit surprising. (laughs) that. No, but but, but Paul, it's a fictional assignment, really. They have made it up for her. her. Um, But just that she would so acceptingly go, oh, it's about time that the West Waratah star started to focus more on conservation issues in the Great Barrier Reef. God, I've been writing letters for years. Like, it's going to be the whole paper. It's going to be like the whole edition of the paper is going to be on the turtles. Well, you'd hope so because the budget that they've yeah. spent on it. Yeah. Boy, so, but Amber, right, she says, I have to go on this assi- They've asked me to go on this assignment, but it means that I wouldn't come back till the night before the wedding. Mm. But Daniel and Imogen are like, well, you've got to go. This is an amazing opportunity. Mm. Also, how does the local paper afford to send? Anyway, whatever. You should go and we'll look after all the preparations. And Amber's thinking about it and then decides, yep, going to do it, going to do it. Yeah. So Imogen's offered to take over the wedding preparations. Which she's done all of anyway. Yeah. But uh, Amber obviously doesn't realise, but when Imogen said, you know, I'll, I'll take over, like she's prepared <laughs> to take over all the wedding duties, all of them. She's like, I'll just like marry him for you if yeah. you want. <laughs> I don't mind. First night, yeah, I'll, I'll just... <laughs> No big Think deal. of England. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> you further your career. Yeah. I'll just stay under here. And in that moment, I'm like, good on you, Amber. Like, go and follow your career path. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You do and that. there was a little bit about, of this, wasn't there, with, um, you know, women going to their partner, can I please go away and follow my career? And then the partners are supportive and say, yes, go and do it. Yes, you should. Thank you for asking me for permission. <laughs> okay, so then... Imogen and Naomi are talking about blokes. Naomi warns Imogen for falling for a married man. Like, next week he's going to be married. You don't want to be that girl. But Imogen's like, no, don't worry about it. I'm supportive. My friends are going to be fine. I'm just trying the dress on. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to make sure she doesn't need any extra fittings. So then Amber's packed her bags. She comes to say goodbye. Thanks, Imogen, for all her help and leaves. And Mm. now Imogen's left sweeping up the cafe and then she's Got a bit of a tag-dag situation and Daniel tucks in her tag and then there's a little moment. Do you think he has anything for her at all? Well, there doesn't seem to be any evidence of that. She kissed him in the end of last year and he rebuffed her and said, whoa, man, what are Mm. you doing? Like, not cool. We're friends. And then finally, Naomi's chatting to Paul and while he's stepped away from his laptop, his phone beeps. And she sees the message on the screen. Mm. Firstly, turn off that function. No one ever has that function on your iPhones where the message is previewed on the home screen. Turn that off. dangerous, isn't it? Turn that off. Yeah. You don't want anyone seeing your business. Yeah. So it flashes up and especially Paul, like Mm. Daniel needs to teach him how to turn that function off. Yeah, who knows? He could go to jail with some of the things. He's done. And so the message says, it's from his journo mate, 
from the West Waratah star who basically says, all confirmed, Amber's not going to be back in time for her wedding. Mm. And, yeah. So, I mean, at first I, I just thought they were going to just create a timing scheduling conflict. Yeah. But now I see there's going to he's going to organise some kind of typhoon or cyclone I, or something. I, I don't know. Or, I just pictured her trapped on this island with turtles yeah. and no way of escaping. Yeah. Maybe she'll get a nasty turtle bite. <laughs> I hope. She still gets to bring some photos back of the turtles. Yeah, I was I quite mean, looking forward to the story. Paul did say, oh, it's going to ha- oh, – yeah, he, later on when he justified it, he said oh, – we'll It's an actual later. opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move into Friday. So we'll round off the week. P.S. We haven't spoken about her this week much, but Mirage has still been hanging around. Oh, yeah, Mirage is constant. She has – she's got nothing else on. No. She's dead. She's got all the time in the world mm. to hang with Has and – mock him for being banned from Daniel and Amber's wedding. She's like, good one, mate. It's all her fault as well. Exactly. She's caused nothing but trouble pretty much. And now she's making fun of him because Sheila's asking him out and then says, oh, no, but you should totally do it. Go out with her. And then he agrees to go out with her on the condition that Madge attend. Which is kind of like a a threesome. And and she says she won't talk to him anymore. She's going to put him in the freezer (laughs) unless he um, goes on this date. Like I've heard of people saying it's going to be awkward, come with me and we'll have a double date. Yeah. But that's with human live people. Yeah. So he's having this coffee with Sheila and it's so awkward and weird until they finally bond over the fact that they've both got dead exes. Which who doesn't on that street? Yeah, true. No, you can bond with anyone over Pretty your dead right. ex. They yeah. can have dead ex club. Mm. And he talks about Madge's beautiful foggy voice, which I thought was a nice yeah, description. that's adorable. And he, But he didn't really hold a candle to his first wife. Who was his, his first wife? Oh, I Carrie, oh, no, that was his daughter. I've forgotten. But he, the, she was the mother of his children. And she doesn't get a Guernsey. No, she's not turning up. The tumour hasn't tuned into her. No. Or whatever he's got. I don't know what he's got. That's the thing. The whole street is have released Harold into the wild. And Harold's not okay. He's got some stuff. He's not okay. No one's checked up on him. No. They're just letting him wander around after he crashed his camper van. Yeah, Lou should be pretty much with him most of the time. Yeah, he needs a carer. Mm. So they finally bond over their dead exes and their grandchildren. And then he goes and has a debrief on the date with Madge because she never showed up. Oh, but then at the very end of the date, yeah. she touches his hand oh, and right. that is too much too soon. Of and course. he rears back. Yes, he's a man of God as well. Yes. That is very forward. Like a frightened, injured horse. <laughs> and he quickly goes to the counter and pays. Yeah, and he doesn't leave her with the bill. He doesn't yeah. say, that's your shout. He trots off back to Madge yeah. and then she says it's time for you to move on. And, well, he did move on. Her name was Carolyn mm. and he married her. Mm. <laughs> He's just regressed. Yeah, it didn't work out. No. So, all right, we'll finish the week with Dr. Dick, as I now oh. affectionately know him. And I was about ready to smash my television during this whole thing, if not for the fact that it ended brilliantly. Mm, it was very exciting. And it oh, made up for everything. So the whole time I'm just screaming at my television, sexual harassment, sexual harassment, mm. he needs to be fired. So Dr. Nick invites Georgia to a conference in Hobart. Mm. It's an oncology conference. And he's like, it's going to be great for your career. You can schmooze. It's going to be great for the new cancer research centre. 
And he's like pissing in her pocket about all the skills she's got. Yeah, and he's like, oh, you care about cancer because your mum had cancer and you nearly had cancer, so you don't want other people to get cancer. (laughs) Which, unlike everyone else, because hardly anyone knows anyone who's had cancer and most people just want it to spread rife through the community. like I just, yeah, I just... You don't give a fat rat's about cancer, do you, babe? No, I just often wish it upon people. Exactly. But no, because Georgia can relate. Yeah. She, she she once nearly had cancer. And then the worst bit is, is like, oh, by the way, if you can't come away with me for, oh, this weekend, tomorrow for this conference, mm. I'm going to ask Sandra. And she sounds like a piece of work. <laughs> She'll be up for it. Nurse Sandra. Um, yes. That, and so that's inappropriate. It, you can't be just talking about yeah. these opportunities you're going to give away to other colleagues. And, you know, and Georgia does talk to Kyle about it. Yeah. And and I'm going to quote her here. Kyle said that I could go. So she's got the permission. I love, though, that she tried to sell it to Kyle as a romantic weekend away (laughs) for the two of them. Like, we can have a long weekend in Tasmania and go to Mona. Tick it off the bucket list. Which which is ridiculous because she's not going to have time for that. She's going to be schmoozing and... The cancer Preventing doctors. Cancer. And also, if you refer to our bucket list on facebook.com slash Neighbours Podcast, you will see that going to Mona, the art gallery, is not on the bucket list. I did wonder about that because I couldn't remember it. No, it's not on there. I mean, she mm. may have tacked it on. She may have just thought of it, like go to Mona and put it down there. Yeah. So, Carl's like too busy. Got my handyman work. Can't go to Tasmania. He's on call. <laughs> A handyman on call? Is that how it works? Well, I guess so. He works for himself too, so he can just put himself off the call. He would be on call all the time, he can wouldn't just, he? He can just hang up the phone. Yeah. So she's thinking about it and then says, okay, right, you know what? I'm going to do it. Mm. I've got the weekend free. I'm coming to Tassie. And we have this moment where he's bragging to Paul Robinson in the hallway of Erinsborough Hospital. It's very indiscreet. But I thought nothing of it. I thought it was just another conversation, yeah. a matey conversation between the and two I of them. And I thought, you know, I hope this is someone's recording this because sexual harassment in the workplace. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the bet. I'm going to get her to sleep with me this weekend. She's coming away with me she's, to Tasmania. She's going to be in my bed, I think he yes. said. And we were, all, and I was just about to tweet, like, hashtag sexual harassment. Like, if this doesn't end in a lawsuit, I'm mm. never going to watch the show again, right? Yeah. Which is a total lie, but whatever. <laughs> and then we pan away. And Georgia steps out of the shadows and she's heard the whole thing. That was the most exciting part it was of the whole week. That was so good. Kind of made the whole thing worth it, I think. Her jaw was on the floor mm. and straight she, away. How hurt would you be? Because she was really flattered by this sort of idea that he'd seen potential in her. Yeah. And he actually said, oh, she loves being complimented. Oh. And she loves it if you kind of. Because yeah, I hate being complimented. I mean, imagine that. You, you were feeling really good about yourself. You've got these and lovely she, And she said she'd never considered going for promotion before. Like yeah. she was gonna, he was considering putting her up to nurse unit manager or whatever. Mm, sounds fantastic. And she'd never considered it. And so it's opening all these doors for her. Yeah. And now she's come crushing down and and straight away I'm seeing dollar signs. Because <laughs> CJ was telling me off air the other week, we didn't get to it on air, that she knew someone who sued someone for sexual harassment and got like $100,000 wow. or something. It was amazing. Like I'm seeing pay dirt for Georgia. Mm. And I think that's got to be the only avenue here. I th- that I mean you know it uh, he deserves it he's not not good you can't be doing that no no how devastating to to find out to think that someone was valuing you but I'm so glad she heard because no. I thought this was going to be dragged out for weeks I know and now it's become a completely different story I thought she was going to go to Tassie 
mm. and some. Oh, oh. But could they afford like, that? Like no one's going to Tassie. Yeah. <laughs> and look, that's where we leave it on that moment where Georgia overhears. Can't wait to find out how that all pans out next week. Next week, of course, is the big 30th anniversary spectacular. What is the actual day that I, is that? It's Wednesday. It's okay. the 18th of mm-hmm. March. And right. so this week we've got Delta coming back as Nina and we've got Des. Didn't know Des, but he's coming back. What about Lynn Scully? Oh, I, don't, I don't know if they could get Lynn Scully. I don't know. <laughs> She's in Ballarat or Bendigo. Joe went to Bendigo. Yeah, but she went to. Oh, she went. I don't know where she is. Yeah, I don't know. She, she, she went, was a bit wet, wasn't she? <laughs> she went somewhere that's not that far away. Yeah. Okay. Now, just for a minute, I'm going to talk about this promo that I saw for next week. But basically, they're putting it all over television, radio, online. I've seen this promo everywhere, so they they don't care that this is a spoiler. Mm. They build up to the wedding, the Damber wedding, and you have Amber arriving in her wedding dress. Wow. So Imogen took it off. Yeah. <laughs> Let her have it back. Yeah. And then we cut to Imogen declaring to Daniel that she's in love with him. Oh. And in the next scene, we have Amber crying in the car, telling her family Imogen and Daniel have run off together. Oh. And I think that's quite you... a lot to put out into a promo. Wow. You've got to think that it's not... Like maybe they've not run off in the kind of graduate way. Maybe, maybe they've gone for a jog. Uh, yeah, or maybe, maybe Imogen f- has may- just organised for him to escape maybe it's and gone f- with him in a sort of... Maybe it's the fun run and they're tying it all in. Oh, the fun run. They've but- run off to get... Oh, yeah. Oh, I was trying to keep up, but around the 3K mark they dropped me. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. it could be that. Um, maybe it's a bait and switch. Maybe she's dreaming... Maybe she's in the Great Barrier Reef hallucinating. That is a big spoiler. It cannot be that straightforward. I'm a bit shocked because also I didn't think Daniel had one iota of romantic interest for no. Imogen. Like he put her dress tag back in her shirt. but he... To be honest, if someone does that to me, I want to hit them. <laughs> I'm just like, like, get off. Just tell me. It's yeah, there. tell me. And like if you tell me, give me more than two seconds to sort it out myself. I hate it if someone says, oh, you know, you've got a, or you've got a crumb, and I brush up, and then they're in there straight away. No, get just, out of my space. Just let me have a turn. So let me let us know. Actually, this could be the question for Beamley. Um, Beamley dot com. Jump onto the neighbors show page and let us know. Do you reckon it's actually going to play out this way mm. with Daniel and Imogen running off together? Do you think it's a dream? Do you think I don't know? Yeah. Do you think they're all ghosts now? <laughs> I don't know. They're all dead. Or do you think it's actually playing out this way? Because I'm fascinated. Drop us a line, Beamly.com, and I'll just cover off a couple of the tweets of the week just to finish off. Okay, this is just a random one I liked. At Reitz McGee, I'm watching Neighbours. I'm disliking a lot of haircuts. Me too. Oh, yes. Mainly Daniel's hair. <laughs> it's just he's from another time. <laughs> he just, I just hate yeah. He's got to represent Scott and Charlene, so he's got to look yeah. a bit early 90s. Yeah, I guess that's true. At Tim Stern, one of our regulars, is it possible for Madge to die again? <laughs> I didn't. I thought, I mean, I just didn't think she did anything nice. No, nah, she was she was sassing everyone left, right and centre. Yeah, and not constructively. No, nah, she, she's like hate-watching. She's yeah. hate-watching neighbours. 
She's not yeah. enjoying the experience. Yeah, she's hate watching. That's exactly what she's doing. <laughs> she's not going, oh, let's go and enjoy the bake-off. It's going to be hijinks. She's just ragging on everybody. Pretty much. And finally, this is one I liked, at 4Kate, maybe all the episodes since Harold's crash are just part of a big Harold coma. <laughs> no, I don't think they've ever done anything like that, have they? Like the whole series was a coma. Yeah. What was that show and they all turned out to be dead at Roseanne. the end? Oh, Lost? Um, yeah. And uh, at work, everyone was like, um, oh, don't tell me, don't tell me, I'm going to watch it tonight. And I've never seen the show at all. <laughs> and so I just went, oh, they all, it turns out they're all dead. As a joke? Yeah, as a joke. <laughs> and then, like, all these people went, Penny, don't say that. And I was like, oh, I, didn't, I haven't watched it. I don't know. Because <laughs> you said the most ludicrous thing yeah. you could think of and it's the it's truth. It's just like the cliche thing. Yeah. So please... Send us your comments at NeighboursPod, facebook.com slash NeighboursPodcast and NeighboursPod at gmail.com and you can drop us your entries there to win the stamps. Who would you send a postcard to and why? That's all I need to know. That's it. I'm Vaya Pashos. Penny, thanks for coming along. Oh, thank you so much. Go to Penny's website, pennytangy.com.au and buy her books and give them to the young people in your life and read them yourself because they're really good. The latest one is Stay Well Soon. It's really good. It's really- <laughs> just, just support local... Salman lo- Rushdie, if you're listening, it's really good. <laughs> support local authors, you know. Don't like, don't just buy E.M. Williams on e-book. No. Yeah. Buy physical books. Thank you for coming. Okay, thank you very much for having me. It's been illuminating. And we'll speak next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, do I say bye? Yeah. Oh, okay. 